Did you know in Australia, we've got over 7 million people living in rural and remote areas. That's over a quarter of the population. It's also a fact that people living in rural and remote areas have higher rates of hospitalisation, deaths, injury, but they also have poorer access to the use of primary healthcare services than people living in major cities. So really, the people that need healthcare the most in our fine country have the least amount of access to it. So what do we do? How do we use technology, infrastructure and our know-how to close the gap when it comes to delivering more accessible healthcare to Australians? One way is improving connectivity. And today I'm chatting with Jen Beer from NBN, all about healthcare in rural and remote areas of Australia. We'll drill into the importance of connectivity in these locations and some of the critical success factors enabling digital health for patients and practitioners. So let's do it. Collaboration starts with a conversation. Team Health Tech, let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Birch, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Jen Beer, the health segment lead, regional and remote at MBN. She's a proud Dalot woman of WA, now in Melbourne. In addition to her work in health and education at MBN, She's recently appointed to the Board of Zoos Victoria and the Advisory Council for the Dylan Dua Centre for Indigenous Business Leadership. Jen also appeared on a panel discussion at the Talking Health Tech Winter Summit a few months ago to talk about the need for healthcare infrastructure to support communities of need. So it's great to have her back on the show. Jen, how are you doing? Great, Peter. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. Long time overdue. And it's great to connect on the show and kind of go through things in more detail, but I'd love to hear a bit more about your background. Your background's a little bit diverse and everyone's unique, but you've got a great story. So tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah, if you told me 10 years ago when I was a small animal vet in Perth that I would now be heading up health and education for regional and remote at MBN, I would have told you that you had the wrong person. And so for me, after being a small animal vet, I got into the not-for-profit sector and I worked uh, with a lot of communities across WA, South Australia and Northern Territory in community engagement. And after that, got into the telecommunications industry where I've been for probably the past seven odd years. And what this role does is it really combines my three loves that I've had throughout my career. So healthcare, community and innovation. Nice. And so your role at MBN, tell us a little bit more about like tying those things together. The role's health segment lead, regional and remote at MBN. What's it all about? Yeah, so I work with key stakeholders across both the health and education sectors to really understand their priorities and challenges as it relates to connectivity. So for health, this is really about how the MBN network enables digital health and virtual care more broadly, irrespective of where you live in Australia. And there's a particular focus on regional and remote. Why, why is that important? Well, firstly, as you said in the intro, it's really important for the healthcare system. So we know that people living outside capital cities have poor access and face unique challenges in being able to access healthcare when and where they need it. And digital health and virtual care really provides that opportunity to bridge the gap. And I've heard firsthand where people have saved, you know, hours and hundreds of kilometres of travel just by using virtual care options for uh, a follow-up appointment. Or also even, you know, for some who wouldn't have normally accessed healthcare at all, it provides an opportunity for them to do that. But also it is really important for MBN and we take great pride in being able to deliver 
broadband services that enable digital health innovation. So everything from video conferencing and telehealth, which has been a huge focus, obviously, over the past 18 months, but also the other innovations, so e-prescriptions, cloud and edge-based computing, remote monitoring, all of this requires a reliable internet connection. And in 2018, there was a regional telecommunications review that really asked MBN to make sure that we had a senior leader in the organisation who had a focus on regional and remote connectivity. And so we set up a dedicated business unit to bring together engineers, community liaison professionals and segment leads to make sure that the outcomes for regional and remote people were looked after. Yeah. And that all happened, obviously, pre-COVID too, because that's something that we mention a bit on the show is that this whole fast tracking of virtual care, remote monitoring, telehealth and everything, the fast tracking of that through COVID, yes, that's good for the industry for connectivity, but particularly in Australia. I think globally, I think we're a country in particular that over a longer period of time post-COVID need that the most because that's our rural and remote areas of the country have struggled the most in terms of that. And we've been talking about that for a long time leading into COVID. So has this whole pandemic and the you know increased acceptance of it heightened the importance and the need for this in rural and remote areas? Yeah, so, I mean, telehealth in the bush has been around for over 20 years. And so it's almost like the capital cities are are catching up through COVID. But I think the importance and also the advancement of technology and the advancement of virtual care is what we're seeing now. So it's not just about making sure that people in the bush can have a telehealth consultation. It's about making sure that they can be part of these incredible clinical trials that are happening and the remote monitoring that we were talking before and a lot of the innovations that you know you talk about on the podcast as well we want to make sure that that's enjoyed by people not just those living in in metro cities and so we're talking about the need for good connectivity in these locations so people can access virtual care services and have good access to quality health care it would go beyond connectivity there's there's more to it isn't there when it comes to enabling better digital access to healthcare for patients and for practitioners yeah the advancement of tech is really exciting but as you've spoken a lot about previously, its success really comes from investing in the confidence and also the willingness of the people that are going to use it. And so for health consumers, it's really about, you know, beyond the connectivity, it's about having access to devices and also that confidence to be able to use the platforms and also the devices themselves to be able to participate. And this not only sets up for what we're facing at the moment, but also thinking about that sort of people being able to participate more in their own healthcare moving forward. And that's a huge focus of the health industry. And so being able to leverage the incredible advancement that's happened over the past 18 months for health consumers and really build that into the future of healthcare will be important. And for healthcare providers, it's been a massive journey as well in thinking about, you know, we often talk about the confidence of the patients or consumers, but it's also about the confidence of the healthcare providers. So not only in them being able to practice in different ways that they probably haven't done before, but also making sure that their clinics and practices are set up for success. And I've seen a lot of clinics that are going on their own digital journey. So we've got some who are still paper-based and moving to cloud. And then you've got others that are incredibly advanced that have been sort of on that journey 
for, for some time. And so what I've seen is a real emergence in the importance of that sort of ICT support, particularly for a lot of these clinics, to make sure that they are set up for success because it's the industry is only going to digitise further. Yeah. And thinking about all those different stakeholders and, and players in that process, and you particularly are passionate about Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander groups and the importance of access to care, and particularly that's in rural and remote areas would be highly prevalent. Is there access to care for those communities in particular? Like, is there extra work that needs to be done in a focus to make sure that those needs are addressed? Yeah, absolutely. And it's working with both Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health workers, as well as the communities themselves to be able to set them up for success. And within the closing the gap, uh, we know that there are really important health targets, but they've also recently added a target that's specifically around digital, target 17. And it's aiming to achieve parity and digital inclusion for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders by 2020. And to achieve that, that's going to take a whole of industry approach. As you said, I'm personally passionate, but MBN is incredibly passionate as well and dedicated to help support achieving that target. And we work really closely with NACHO, the National Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Organisation. So essentially the peak body for Aboriginal medical services. So we work closely with NACHO and its affiliates to make sure that their clinics are set up for success. And we did um, a big piece of work with 34 of their clinics in WA last year who'd raised some concerns around their connectivity to be able to do telehealth. And what we found is there were a couple of the clinics that were facing connectivity issues. So we were able to help resolve in partnership with their internet service provider, but it was beyond the connectivity. There were challenges around confidence to be able to use some of those technologies. But we've seen some great examples. So the Gurini Yilamaka Clinic in Yarrabah and also the clinics across the Lanapoi homelands, they are doing some incredible things connecting their community members and healthcare workers with specialists who are you know, hundreds, if not thousands of kilometres away. And that's the access that will help bridge that divide and help achieve both the health outcomes but also the digital inclusion outcomes for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. Yeah, no, I love it because, you know, you think about emerging technologies and the cool stuff that can come out of applying technology in healthcare and innovation healthcare, but if we're applying it to those that are just looking to get better as opposed to those that really need it the most, then we're kind of missing the mark there. So I think that's really important about that particular focus. And, and I wanted to drill into a little bit more because I think about there's one aspect in terms of care workers in those areas that are adopting technology to deliver care and then taking it next level down in terms of the actual communities, patients receiving care in those communities. How far is that gap in terms of those communities' acceptance and willingness to use technologies to be able to receive healthcare service? Often Often just being mindful of their own healthcare to start with can be challenging for any person in Australia, but particularly in those areas that need healthcare the most. So, you know, that, that's a bold, ambitious target of 2026 that we have all this done. Is there still a long way until we get there or is there good signs of hope that that's kind of shifting? I think the biggest sign of hope is the willingness as a sector to really rally around and support. And you're right, the most important piece of this is to be able to work with the communities and really build that self-determination of communities and make sure that it's designed 
with communities. So similar when you've spoken on the the podcast around that sort of co-design with people who are going to be using it, it's exactly the same in remote Indigenous communities to empower them to think about, well, if we're going to be connecting our community, what parameters can we do around to keep our community safe? Because what's important is it's not just about turning on a switch and connecting a community. You've got to think about the risks as well of being online. So it needs to be very much an informed process that the community and you've got decision makers in community who make that decision on behalf of their community members. So the engagement is so important and going on the journey is so incredibly important. And so um, from a health perspective, it is going to take some time, but I think as a health tech community, we need to be thinking about not only the connectivity, but also the products and the services and making sure that we're working with these communities themselves to design something that they need and they want to use. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, as we've got a good chunk of vendors in Australia who would listen to the show, we've got a good representation across the ecosystem, but particularly those that are creating solutions or those delivering healthcare services, those that might not be too active in Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander, regional and remote areas of the country, but keen to find out, looking at their solutions, thinking this could be assisting in these areas. What are some places to start in terms of getting closer to these communities, being able to assist in a meaningful way to achieve some of these goals? The most important part is being invited and building that trust. And as I said, we work really closely with Nacho, um, the peak body. And it's really important that the purpose behind getting into those communities is the right one. And so working with groups, you know, such as the the affiliates to be able to understand some of the challenges of the community. So rather than being solution-led, I think it really needs to be, you know, understanding what that community needs and helping design for that. So it really is about the conversation and getting that input, which is very different for communities that might even be 50 kilometres apart, we know that there's different languages, different mob, just even that close, but it's exactly the same with the needs of that community as well. So it's important that it can be created to meet those needs. I think that's great insights and very much problem focused as opposed to solutions led is good advice generally. So knowing those problems to solve. Thinking then ahead for NBN generally and yourself, Jen, what's on the horizon? What are you focusing on for NBN? So for us, in thinking about the role that we play in enabling these digital health innovations, it's really about staying across where the industry is going and making sure that the MBN network can support the needs both now but into the future. And we've seen some great examples already. So Adelaide Hills ONG, which is in Mount Barker, South Australia, they've got real-time ultrasound machines that are saving sort of high-risk pregnant mums having to travel for hours on end. But also thinking back to some of these, you know, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities, you know, one of my favourite stories is a small community that's about 600 kilometres from Darwin by air. And they're actually using a satellite connection that's on a old school building to be able to do um, health checks with an Aboriginal nurse practitioner in far north Queensland. And so when we think about where we're heading, there may not necessarily need to be a huge shift in technology to make a difference. Having an awareness and helping build awareness of what connectivity options are available to enable digital health is a huge focus. And the initial build for MBN is now complete, but 
the job's not done. And so for us, it's about continuously learning and evolving and investing in the network. So an example we announced last year, we've got a $300 million fund that we're going to be co-investing with local governments and councils to really improve the connectivity in regional areas, but also just continuing to work um, across the industry and making sure that we are working collectively. That's a key focus for us to make sure that we can achieve what we want to achieve. Love it. Look, thank you, Jen. I appreciate the insights into the direction of things. We'll put some details in the show notes of this episode so people can check out more information about what's going on with NBN and what to look forward to from the future. But um, really appreciate making the time, Jen. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Pete. Thanks for listening to the show. Check out talkinghealthtech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and share this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen. <laughs>